Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. The Gospel lesson from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the the world will no longer see me, but you will also see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. This is my second Sunday in worship with you. And again, it is so special to be with you. Thank you for such a warm welcome, for Friday's Welcome to New York party, which was so enjoyable, and yesterday, for the first time amid all the busyness of our move, we were able to take advantage of just a little bit of all that New York City has to offer. Back when I accepted this position and then this call was affirmed by you, the congregation, and we knew that we would be here for Mother's Day, Laurel told me that she wanted to spend Mother's Day weekend at the Central Park Zoo. And so we became members and went yesterday. Those grizzly bears and seals are incredible. And I think Lila will grow up watching them grow up as well. On this Mother's Day weekend, I want to wish all of the mothers in this congregation and all of the women who have had a significant impact on giving hope to another, a happy Mother's Day. We are glad that you are with us this day and that we can be a part of your celebrations. And truly, we thank all women who have left a lasting impact on the life of another, whether it's through a familial relationship, a friendship, or an example set to another. Thank you. Jesus tells his disciples here in the Gospel, according to St. John, Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. As Christians, the way we live matters. It matters not only for our own lives as living according to the promises of Scripture and the values and principles that God provides will help us navigate all the vicissitudes and challenges 
that we will encounter in life. But it's important for the world in which we live. When we thank God for the joys and blessings of our lives, we acknowledge the grace and love of God, and we acknowledge that, as the book of James puts it, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down to us from God, the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. But we all know that life is complex, and that while there are many joys, there are also plenty of struggles and moments that we wish would quickly pass, or even better, to have never even have happened. Unlike the shifting shadows that James describes, the character of God is steadfast, and it does not change. Therefore, the love of God, felt so clearly in our moments of joy, does not abandon us during those moments of challenge and difficulty. Instead, it sees us through them, providing the strength and the grace we need, even if it is just the strength to persevere. Throughout the epistle of 1 Peter, Peter argues that in times of trial, when our faith is tested by what we experience in the world, we must live by our hope and trust in God. This is important, as I've said, for the quality of our own lives, as hope lets us hold on to faith, even when the pressures and demands and challenges of life threaten us. But our hope is also important to the world, because our hope provides a powerful witness to the strength of faith in our lives. Francis Collins was the head of the Human Genome Project at the University of Michigan, and later and recently just retired as the director of the National Institute of Health. He wrote the New York Times best-selling book entitled The Language of God, in which he describes how the more discoveries he made regarding the double helix of DNA revealed to him more and more glimpses of the presence of God. In the opening chapters of his book, he recounts how growing up, His parents sent him to the local Episcopal church down the street, and they told him to learn there all he could about music, but not to take the theology and God talk too seriously. And so he became an atheist. One day while pursuing his joint MD-PhD at the University of North Carolina, he was doing his residency at a rural hospital in the hills of North Carolina. And he recounts in his book, The Language of God, how one day he had an encounter with an elderly woman who was suffering from an untreatable cancer, which left her in a great deal of pain. One day, this woman asked her young doctor what he believed about God and faith. He realized that since his childhood, he had never really given it much thought. But as he left the hospital that day, The courage and hope and strength with which this woman lived gave him pause. And so he decided that because of the way she lived and how she carried herself with faith through a challenging situation, he ought to consider her question. 
And so he began to read the Bible. He picked up C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, and with time and consideration, he decided that he would adopt the Christian faith. Writing to the exiles of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, Peter, in 1 Peter, delivers a message of comfort and encouragement with practical wisdom to people living in the world. And in so doing, he gives a powerful charge not only to the church of his day, but to the church today. Peter urges the church to hold on to faith even amid a competing culture and what at times might seem like a hostile environment so that the church, by holding on to faith, may not only thrive, but serve a purpose in the world. While the early church faced trials, Peter urged them to live by faith in Christ, not only for their own well-being, but so that they would show God to the world. Peter sought to reconcile faith in the trials they experienced by encouraging them to live with hope even when the world seemed like a hopeless place. And this hope would make the church distinct. It would set them apart, and it would challenge others in the ways in which they live. First Peter, depending on the translation, tells us always be prepared to give an to give a defense, an accounting, or an answer for the hope that you have. But this entails people asking questions. And so the way that we live as Christians should inspire others to ask questions of us. And the ways in which we live should challenge them to ask a question, and then we give an answer to the way that we live. When I was an undergraduate at Temple University in North Philadelphia, I was involved with Citywide Youthorama. It was a tutoring program that brought middle school and elementary school students from throughout the city to Temple's campus so that these young people could not only receive tutoring to help them do better in school, but so that they might be exposed to a university environment. There was a woman in West Philadelphia. Her name was Karen. She noticed that many of the students in, w in the neighborhood where she lived lived in households where there were no college graduates. And further, she realized that these young people had no expectation that they would one day go to college. And she wanted to change that. And so Karen, each week, every Wednesday at 3 p.m., would load her Buick LeSabre with as many kids as she could fit, and she would drive them to Temple's campus so that they could receive tutoring. Each week we interacted with these students and the goal was not just to prepare them for tests and quizzes, but it was so that they could interact with us and hopefully envision themselves on a college campus one day. By giving them hope for a different future, their present could be transformed. In addition to our actions, we can all live with hope. Like the woman in the hospital room that challenged her young doctor by her example and in so doing left a lasting impact on a young doctor's life, our hope and the hope that we seek to give others can leave a lasting impact on the lives of others. Our hope and the hope we give others serves a power, as a powerful witness in and to the world. 
Peter urges us to be thoughtful about our faith and be prepared to give an answer, a defense, or an accounting of the hope our faith is based upon. But first and foremost, we must be living in such a way that people are asking questions. Now, maintaining hope amid difficulty helps us. Now, maintaining hope amid difficulty is worthwhile. And I believe, it improve, I believe it improves our lives, but it can be very difficult to do. So difficult that C.S. Lewis once wrote in The Problem of Pain that when he was first asked to write a book on pain, he wanted to write it anonymously. You see, C.S. Lewis, author of the Chronicles of Narnia series, a professor at Oxford and Cambridge in medieval history, had written a book on the fundamentals of Christian faith during the Second World War entitled Mere Christianity. This book made C.S. Lewis a household name in the United Kingdom. And his publishers came to him and asked him to write a book about pain. C.S. Lewis, when he was first asked to do this, as I mentioned, responded to the publishers that he would prefer to write it under a pseudonym because if anyone knew that it was him who was writing this book on pain, and if he was writing what he academically believed about pain, he would be proven to be a fraud. He says this, if I were to say what I really thought about pain, I should be, make, I should be forced to make statements of such apparent fortitude that they would become ridiculous if anyone knew who made them. Indeed, living with faith and hope amid challenge can be difficult. But that's exactly why we so look up to those who do. I remember being with a parishioner at a church I once served when her sister died. This woman was like a mother to her family, caring for a brother who died one year prior, and now at the death of her sister, I sat in her living room. I remember as we sat there, this parishioner told me, all about the years that she spent with her sister, and she went on and on about the experiences of world travels they did and the great weight that she had upon her as she cared for the rest of her family. As she spoke and spoke, she eventually stopped and she apologized for doing so much talking, and she looked at me and, and she apologized and she said, surely you must have something to say. To which I could only reply that I was learning a great deal simply by listening to her. As her example has inspired me to strive to live with hope, all of those who live with hope serve as inspiring examples that might compel others to live with faith. First Peter urges us, do not fear what they fear. Do not be intimidated, but in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Jesus Christ is our ultimate example. Although we may often feel as C.S. Lewis did and realize the gap between the faith we know to be true and our shortcomings in living it out, we turn to Christ who fills that gap. And in the life, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ provides the hope that we need to live this life. Our hope granted to us from Scripture is that there is more to us and this life than there sometimes seems to be. Just as this woman in West Philadelphia sought to give these middle school students hope that their future could be different than what they experienced, 
Jesus Christ gives each of us hope in the here and now that no matter what we experience, what trials or challenge we face, that in the end, He has the final word. Hope allows us to hold on to what we know to be true, the love and grace, the potential we have in Jesus Christ in every circumstance. And by living with such hope, we can live better lives. But as 1 Peter tells us here, the hope that we have enables us to be a powerful witness in the world which will transform as well the lives of others. And as others see the hope that we have, the hope that sets us apart, others will ask questions. Therefore, let us be a people of hope. And as Peter instructs, always be prepared to give a defense for the hope that you have, but do this in gentleness and respect, relying on the love and the grace of God to be with you and to guide you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.